Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Gotta be feeling good about what Mike White's done today. On third and four, he'll look to throw. In zone, Wilson, a big play downfield. Wilson still going along the sideline. He's not going to go down. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown. Rodgers in trouble again, and he's sacked again by Quinn Williams. What a beast, number 95 for the Jets. Listen. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's time for some breaking news. The NFL Honors Awards show happened. We got some announcements in terms of the Hall of Fame and the year-end awards. Big news for the Jets. There were four players that we were waiting to see whether or not they were going to get what we thought they deserved. All four of them got it. We're going to get to that and more with our friend who covers the Jets for the Jet Press, where he is the managing editor, Mr. Justin Free. Justin, what's up? What's going on, Scott? I appreciate you bringing me on. Talk some Jets. Appreciate you coming back on the show, my friend. And let's start with the big news before we get to the Hall of Fame announcements. We were waiting to see if the two Jets that we thought were going to win Rookie of the Year would actually win Rookie of the Year. Now, the Jets have never had an offensive Rookie of the Year. They had had four defensive Rookie of the Years. This is the first time that they had an opportunity to get an Offensive Rookie of the Year, and it happens. Garrett Wilson wins Offensive Rookie of the Year. Coming in second was Kenneth Walker, the running back from the Seattle Seahawks. Third was Brock Purdy, which is a huge joke. The guy played for a month. He did well, but I have no idea how you have that guy coming in third for Rookie of the Year when he started five games during the regular season. It's ridiculous. And honestly, it's funny because Garrett Wilson won the award but the guy who probably would have won it, if not for Garrett Wilson, was Brees Hall if he would have stayed healthy. So the Jets had two guys that ended up being front runners for the award. And then defensive rookie of the year. This one, there wasn't a lot of suspense. There were some Seattle Seahawks fans who were trying to make some hay with Tariq Woolen. Some Lions fans were trying to talk up Aiden Hutchinson. But in the end, we all knew that Sauce Gardner was going to win. Not only did he have an incredible season for any cornerback, but this is arguably the best rookie season for a cornerback ever. First cornerback to make first team all pro in 41 years. So the Jets take away both rookies of the year. Garrett Wilson gets the nod on offense. Sauce Gardner gets the nod on defense. Very disappointing end to the Jets season. But seeing those two get those awards, it makes you have some hope for the future as a Jets fan. Yeah, it, it certainly does. This is like the first night that Jets fans have been united and unanimously happy in months. So I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm savoring it because I know the next few weeks and months coming up aren't really going to bring that same level of 
you know, unanimity or unity, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I mean, both guys, it's hard to argue, didn't deserve it. Sauce, like you said, was a lock. Like there was really no suspense there. Sauce Gardner was going to be defensive rookie of the year and he deserves it. Garrett Wilson was the one really of like the majority of the awards tonight. Most of them were locks. Offensive rookie of the year was one of the ones that was kind of still up in the air. You had Garrett Wilson, honestly, all three of them, Garrett Wilson, Kenneth Walker and Brock Purdy. We didn't know who was going to win. I think in the end, they went with the right guy. Garrett Wilson, 83 catches, 1100 yards, four touchdowns with Probably the worst quarterback play in the NFL. Uh, it's you know it's amazing that he did that. He's the first Jet to ever win Offensive Rookie of the Year. The best rookie season by a Jets wide receiver ever. Uh, yeah, he absolutely deserves it. I I agree with you with the whole Brock Purdy take. I mean, if you're going to throw Brock Purdy in that conversation, you might as well throw Brees Hall in there. I know that quarterback is a lot more important than running back. But still, if you're going off a five-game sample size, why not consider Brees Hall? Honestly, Chris Olave probably should have gotten a lot more recognition. He honestly would have been my pick behind Garrett Wilson for uh, – second place but no they they went with the right guy in garrett wilson they went with the guy right guy with sauce gardner it was it was a heck of a night and a, a historic draft class for the jets it was a historic night hall of fame wise for the jets as well for the first time in jets history the jets had two players that were chosen to go into the hall of fame like we said history as far as the jets getting both Rookies of the Year for the first time and for the first time in team history getting the Offensive Rookie of the Year. Two players getting in for the Jets. First ballot for Darrell Revis. No surprise there. One of the greatest cornerbacks of all time. And Joe Klecko getting in on the veterans vote. Joe Klecko is an interesting case. If you look at his statistics, they don't look elite if you're comparing them to today's numbers. But he did have about 75 career sacks, played for 10 years, and he was dominant at every position on the defensive line, even though, according to everybody that played with him, he was hurt for almost every game he played, but he found a way to go in there and just dominate. And you can go ahead and talk to guys that played against him. I've gone through what they've all said before. Absolutely overdue for Joe Klecko, who dominated for a decade at multiple different positions, made the Pro Bowl at three different positions on the defensive line. That's an incredible accomplishment and if you remember back to 1981 which is the year that the term sack exchange was coined he and mark gassino had over 20 sacks apiece which is incredible think about having two pass rushers on your defense that had over 20 sacks in the same season well deserved for joe klecko and darrell revis and like i've said to you before justin this is the year that if you're a jets fan and you have not been to a hall of fame induction you have got to go this time. Other guys that were inducted, Joe Thomas, the offensive lineman from the Browns, that was a no-brainer. One of the best offensive tackles of all time. DeMarcus Ware, just an absolutely dominant pass rusher for the Cowboys and with the Broncos, helped them win a Super Bowl. Rondé Barber, really good cornerback. You could debate whether or not he's a Hall of Famer, but he was one of the best cornerbacks of his time. Zach Thomas, excellent linebacker for the Dolphins, as unfortunately Jets fans saw up close far too many times. Ken Riley, the cornerback from the Bengals, Chuck Howley, the linebacker from the Cowboys, and Don Coriel, the coach from the Chargers. Some people will say, how do you induct a coach who never won a Super Bowl? But remember, Don Coriel was an innovator on offense, the likes of which the league has seen very few times. He was one of the guys that really helped transform the league into a passing league. He was way ahead of his time. Some would say that he was the Andy Reid of his day, although not quite as successful. But the Air Coriel offense, one of the most fun to watch in NFL history. So there's your Hall of Fame class, headlined, in my mind at least, Justin, by two all-time great Jets, Darrell Revis, the best player in Jets history, 
and Joe Klecko, who should have been in years ago. And I'm glad that that injustice was corrected tonight. 100%. And you mentioned it, the Hall of Fame game. It feels inevitable that we're going to get Jets-Cowboys in that because both teams had two players that are set to be inducted. Uh, so it just seems very likely that the, there'll be Jets and Cowboys in that game. But yeah, I mean, Klecko has been long been like the epitome of Hall of Fame snubs. Whenever every, you know, every year we talk about the biggest snubs that are not in Canton, that are not in the Hall of Fame, Joe Klecko was always one of the first guys that came up. He's finally getting his due. It's like 35 years too late, but he's finally being inducted. Uh, just one of the most dominant defensive player of his, players of his era. Like you mentioned, the versatility. He made the, the Pro Bowl at three different positions. He didn't even get um, the flashy sack numbers added to his total until later because the NFL didn't even count sacks for the first like four mm-hmm. years of his career. So that was a big reason why he wasn't inducted in the first place early on that. And you could say, you know, politics of the NFL and stuff. But finally, he's getting his due. It is, I think, like 35 years after he retired. Uh, but it is it's long overdue. And then, of course, Darrell Revis, he becomes I think it's I think I saw it's the 11th uh, cornerback in NFL history to be first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, he absolutely deserves it. He's one of the best cornerbacks of all time. Or you could argue he had the greatest peak, the highest ceiling of any cornerback to ever play. 2009 season is a great representation of that, even if he didn't win Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, he's just a phenomenal, phenomenal player. Was a no-brainer first ballot Hall of Famer. Revis and Klecko, two of the greatest Jets of all time, both inducted to the Hall of Fame on the same day as the Jets sweep Rookie of the Year. I mean, this is... One of the best nights the Jets have had in a very long time. So Jets fans should be excited. They should be optimistic about the future while also celebrating the past. Absolutely. Well said, Justin. And we're going to talk about the other players that won awards at NFL Honors. But first, let's talk about some comments that were made to Diana Rossini of ESPN. Brian Dable told her that the Giants are in contact with Daniel Jones and they're trying to work out a contract extension. No surprise there. Packers president Mark Murphy spoke about Aaron Rodgers. He said, quote, there hasn't been a deadline. The sooner the decision is made, the better. Brian Gutenkurst, the general manager, has been in contact with him. Aaron has expressed that he doesn't want to drag it out. Murphy said that he hopes that a decision is made around the beginning of free agency. Jets owner Woody Johnson also spoke. He said on the subject of Aaron Rodgers, quote, you want the best QB that you can get to lead the Jets. I can't really talk about him, meaning Aaron Rodgers, because he's a member of another club, but everybody recognizes talent when they see it. So the Packers are not going to press Aaron Rodgers. It sounds like basically what this is going to come down to is if Rodgers comes back to the Packers and says, I want to stay, then he'll stay and they'll figure out what to do with Jordan Love. If he comes back to the Packers and says, I want you to trade me, they'll trade him. They're hoping that he decides one way or the other sooner rather than later, mostly because other teams are going to want to know what Rodgers is going to do before free agency kicks off so they can make plans around whether or not they're going to pursue Rodgers. For instance, if, say, Rodgers decides to stay in Green Bay, then the Jets would have to figure out what they want to do free agency-wise. Assuming that Derek Carr is off the board, they'd have to pivot to somebody like Jimmy Garoppolo. If he does become available, then the Jets can start making plans to try and trade for him, as could other teams. I will say Woody Johnson has got to stop talking Just say when you're asked about Aaron Rodgers, I can't talk about players on other teams. That's it. Because he's an awkward guy who speaks very awkwardly. And you just listen to what he said here. He didn't say anything that could get him in trouble necessarily. But you can tell that the more he talks, the closer he's going to get to a potential tampering charge. And you would hate to see the Jets lose a draft pick just because Woody Johnson couldn't keep his mouth shut. 
Yeah, Woody Woody loves walking that tampering line, kind of like you know the the Stephen Ross of uh, you know in Miami. But but yeah, I I agree with you 100. Woody should just kind of chill out with those comments. Uh, I think he just likes to hear himself talk, and you know he likes to to be the center of attention with that stuff. But regardless, it seems like obviously things could change in a hurry. It's the NFL offseason; we never know what's going to happen. But right now, if I was making a prediction, I'd say that between the Jets and Raiders, like they both clearly want Aaron Rodgers. And whoever doesn't get him, assume, this is assuming he's not retiring and he, that he is moved, which I do expect to be the case. It, I assume one of those teams will get him, and the team that doesn't get him will just kind of pivot to Jimmy Garoppolo. That's what it seems like. I don't think the Jets are super in on Derek Carr. Now, again, that could change. But from what it sounds like, it sounds like Rodgers is their QB1, is their, you know, their plan A, and then Jimmy Garoppolo is kind of their fallback plan. But everything kind of just depends on timing, right? Like you, met, like you mentioned, Aaron Rodgers is going on his – his darkness isolation retreat or whatever next week. So we're probably not going to have an answer on him until the end of next week. And there's a very decent chance that Derek Carr is either traded before then. And if he's not, he will be released. Uh, so the Derek Carr situation could be resolved before we even know what Rogers plans are for 2023, which maybe that impacts why the jets are not in that Derek Carr market. Maybe because they're, they're really waiting on Aaron Rodgers and putting a lot of eggs in that basket and they're comfortable pivoting to Jimmy Garoppolo. I might not be as comfortable as that uh, as the Jets are with that, but that seems to be what their plan is. But either way, much like the Packers, I think every NFL team wants Rodgers to kind of just make up his mind as soon as possible. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance Plus, save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Let's talk about the other awards, Justin. Defensive Player of the Year, Nick Bosa gets 46 out of 51st place votes. No argument from me. I thought he was clearly the best defensive player in the NFL this year. Here's where the surprise comes in, though. Quinton Williams and Chris Jones both got one vote. Not that shocking. Hassan Reddick got two votes. None for Micah Parsons. This was stunning to me. I thought he would do a little bit better, and I was expecting Parsons to chip into Bosa's vote total. Not only did that not happen, but he got zero first-place votes. Yeah, I was surprised Hassan Reddick got the, got two votes. Uh, that was that was a bit surprising to me. I, I think that he had a really strong finish this season, which is really what contributed. But I'm surprised Garrett didn't receive any votes, and the same with Micah Parsons. Uh, I'm happy Quinnen got a vote. That you know, shout out whoever voted for Quinnen Williams. Um, I do think that Hassan Reddick getting more votes than Chris Jones is pretty wild to me. I love Quinnen Williams, but I think Chris Jones was the best defensive tackle in football this year. And the fact that he got less votes than Hassan Reddick, who also got more votes than Miles Garrett and Micah Parsons is pretty surprising to me. But I'm with you that Nick Bosa was the the obvious choice. He was always going to win it. Moving to Offensive Player of the Year, Justin Jefferson gets the win. And he had a huge season, 128 receptions, 1,809 yards, eight touchdowns. 
However, this makes no sense to me, and I'm going to tell you why, Justin. Patrick Mahomes ended up winning the MVP award, and the runner-up was Jalen Hurts, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But the fact that Patrick Mahomes could be the MVP and not the Offensive Player of the Year when he plays on offense is nonsensical. What they really should just do is come right out and be honest. The Offensive Player of the Year award has morphed into Best Offensive Player Who Isn't a Quarterback Award. It's their way of trying to give an award to somebody who isn't a quarterback because they know that there's no way that anybody who doesn't play the quarterback position could ever win the MVP the way that the NFL is now and the way that the voting goes. So just be honest about it because the Offensive Player of the Year was the same guy who won the MVP award, and that's Patrick Mahomes. I think we all know that. Right. I think it's just like, like I'm, I'm with you 100%. Like That's what they've become. The MVP is just the best quarterback, and Offensive Player of the Year is the best offensive player that's not a quarterback. It's just the nature of football. Like MVP is a, is a thing in every sport, but it's such an interesting concept in football because it's always going to be a quarterback because a quarterback is by far the most valuable position on a team. So whenever you have a great quarterback, he should be the one who wins MVP. Now, obviously, positions have been valued differently over the years. Running backs have won MVP, which you'll never see that happen again, I'm sure. Uh, but it's just that's just kind of the nature of the sport. I'm with you, though. They should be transparent. Just say MVP is the best quarterback, which they're never going to do that. But you could just say that. Uh, I think it's more just an understanding now that MVP is the best quarterback and an offensive player of the year is the best non-quarterback offensive player. So in that regard... Justin Jefferson, the obvious choice. I'm, I agree, um, and I'm, I'm with you with the whole, you know, semantics and everything. It's just, it's what it is. You know, you play the game. It's, it's how it works. MVP award, like I said, Patrick Mahomes. Jalen Hurts comes in second. There was no other choice but Patrick Mahomes. And not only was he the MVP, but I think he finally has put to bed any debate about whether or not he's the best quarterback in the NFL. Debate that really never should have existed because Joe Burrow, really good quarterback. Josh Allen, really good quarterback. By the way, Allen got one MVP vote. Trevor Lawrence looks like he's on the verge of becoming an excellent quarterback. Justin Herbert, outstanding quarterback. For all I know, all of those guys could one day be a Hall of Famer. But Patrick Mahomes is a cut above. He's tier one. Everybody else is tier 1A. He can do things that none of these guys can do. And just look at what he's done, even though they took away Tyreek Hill. He just finds a way to get better and better no matter who is there. There are certain quarterbacks that just by virtue of having them on your roster, and they're very rare, but they exist. Guys that are so good, they can elevate your entire team. Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers when he was younger. Dan Marino was one of those guys. Patrick Mahomes is that guy now. Those other guys are really, really good. Patrick Mahomes has a chance to be top three to top five all-time good. I don't think there was ever a discussion as to who the best quarterback is and certainly no discussion as to who the MVP was. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you. MVP was one of those that was just kind of a formality going in. Instead of even just rehashing everything you just said about Patrick Mahomes, because I 100% agree, he's the obvious QB1 in the NFL. He's on pace to be one of the best of all time. I'd rather just kind of, you know, I'm going to list off a few guys that received MVP votes because it's always fun to look at those players that got one vote. Tua Tagovailoa received a vote. Geno Smith received a vote. Bills trainer Den Denny Kellington received a vote. Derek Henry, Tyreek Hill, Justin Fields received a vote. AJ Brown, Micah Parsons had two. Trevor Lawrence had three. I, I, you know, it's it's funny to look at that stuff because. At that point, I think everyone just knew Mahomes was going to win it, so it really didn't matter what they threw with their, what they did with their votes. 
Uh, but yeah, I guess shout out to whoever voted for Danny Kellington. That's that's cool. Uh, but giving you know Tua a vote, Geno Smith, Justin Field, that's that's a bit much. But I guess they just wanted to to shout out some of their their favorite players. But I I always find it fun to look at those guys that are kind of on the bottom of that MVP voting because normally you get a couple of names that are just like how how did they receive votes? Kellington obviously got the vote because of the great work that he did helping to save Demar Hamlin. So that one vote, I think, was a really nice touch there. But the obvious actual MVP, as we said, Patrick Mahomes. A couple of other awards really quickly. Geno Smith, who, of course, was drafted by John Idzik in the New York Jets, wins Comeback Player of the Year. As he said so famously earlier in the year, they wrote him off. He didn't write back. And so he gets Comeback Player of the Year and probably a really nice contract from the Seahawks to stay in Seattle this offseason. Brian Dable, no surprise, wins Coach of the Year. He took a Giants team that everybody thought on paper was going to be one of the worst teams in the league to 10 wins, a playoff berth, and a playoff victory. Looks like things are headed in the right direction with the Giants. We'll see. I remember what happened with Eric Mangini, so that could still potentially be the case with Brian Dable, but things looking very good right now for Brian Dable and the Giants. Well-deserved win there. And Dak Prescott gets man of the year. Unfortunately for Dak, the playoffs didn't go so well in the second round as they lost to the San Francisco 49ers and he didn't look great on the field. But off the field, he did a lot to earn that man of the year award. So three well-deserved recipients here. Geno Smith, comeback player of the year. Brian Dable, coach of the year. And Dak Prescott, man of the year. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a huge night for the Jets. You even have two former Jets in uh, Geno Smith and Brian Dable. Of course, Geno was was drafted by the Jets, and uh, and Brian Dable was the former quarterbacks coach of the Jets. So Jets well represented, even aside from per- current players. But yeah, I mean, Geno is is an obvious choice. He was always going to win. I think the other finalists were Saquon and uh, Christian McCaffrey, which you know credit to them. Uh, but Geno Smith was the obvious choice. I'd love to see Brees Hall win this award next year, and I think if he comes back and has a strong year, he'll definitely be in the running. Uh, Dable was another obvious choice for coach of the year. There was a couple of other candidates that you could consider, but what Brian Dable did with the Giants, taking them back to the playoffs and, and maximizing every inch of talent on that roster is is exceptional, and he deserved the award. Um, and then, of course, I love the Walter Payton Man of the Year stuff. I love just this, just diving into what the players do off the field. It's one of my favorite things about sports in general. Uh, so much credit to Dak Prescott and all 32 nominees. Solomon Thomas was the nominee for the Jets. I know he does a lot of charitable stuff off the field as well. So highly recommend to look into their their charities and everything these players have done away from the football field because it's it's special stuff and it, it should receive more recognition. Justin Freed, managing editor of the Jet Press. Thanks so much for coming on and talking about the breaking news. Two Jets winning Rookie of the Year. Garrett Wilson, Offensive Rookie of the Year. Sauce Gardner, Defensive Rookie of the Year. Two Jets getting into the Hall of Fame, Joe Klecko and Darrell Revis, and of course, all the other awards and the other recipients of the Hall of Fame honor. Really appreciate it. Make sure you check out everything Justin is doing over at the Jet Press. Follow him on Twitter at the Jet Press and at Justin T. Freed. Check out everything we're doing over at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. We've got some fantastic All-22 reviews on our channel, so watch our videos and subscribe youtube.com slash play like a jet visit our store tpublic.com that's tee we've got the john franklin myers quentin williams bless you thank you shirt the play like a jet logo shirt caps mugs hoodies it's all there tpublic.com that's tee and be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on itunes if you haven't done that already easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing 
doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes along with help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com. 